So I think we can all agree there's some areas in life that you just don't. Oh my want god, to are you explore, acting like right? you were talking before? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're acting like you were already talking and it just got edited out or something. No, this is the beginning of the story. The beginning of the story is so I think we can all agree that this. And then I was going to tell you what this is. Everybody starts a normal story if they're coming in out of nowhere. I start stories like this all the time. I I agree with Noah that that was a perfectly perfectly normal way to start that. But I I didn't actually hear what you said was yeah, a perfectly normal thing. Okay. So can you start over? <laughs> so I think <laughs> that we can all agree there are some areas in life that, you know, it's a perfectly normal thing to not want to explore that. Sure. Right? No, like there's certain normal. things that are just like, I don't wanna I don't wanna think about that. I don't want to look into it. You yeah. know, like gas station sushi is like pretty high on that list for me, right? Yeah, you're like, I know it exists. I don't know who eats it. I'm not really sure that I, I'm i not going to be the person to do it. Yeah. Someone's doing it because they keep now, making it. Now, you know, before Jeff cuts in with what if you got a manatee burger at Wawa? This I was going to pass. We're not. I was going to wait a few minutes to come in with this at the end of the story or something. But OK, <laughs> I just want to head it off now because it's uh, it's unfortunately not relevant to the situation. Bummer. <laughs> OK, now let's say. Um, let's say you like me work in a strip mall. Okay. Sure. And now let's say you like me sometimes go to the Dollar Tree next door to get snacks. Sure. Okay. You know, as you do, Normal it's enough. right there. Everything's cheap. Now, what if you were going to get dinner though? Um, let's say there's a grocery store across the street and there's a Dollar Tree next door mm-hmm. and you're getting cup of ramen. And when you usually get your ramen from the grocery store, let's say you, uh, you also buy like a pack of tuna to put in it. Okay. Are you going to trust the dollar store tuna or are you not going to trust the dollar store tuna? Is it like pre-packaged sort of like, you know how or you get like the, or... the meat slices at it's the not, grocery not store? Canned. It's not canned. It's um, it's like Sunkist style bag tuna, but um, I don't think it's Sunkist. Right. No, Off-brand I would not trust tuna. that. No, I would not. Yeah, you I would you not wouldn't trust that? that? Really? Okay, no. Emma, you wouldn't trust that. Jeff, you wouldn't either? Probably not, although perhaps I am not the person to ask because I think tuna's gross anyway. Okay, okay no, I that's, love that's tuna. Fair. I'm a that's known fair. tuna lover. I would not do it. So okay. I want to put my coworker on blast real quick. <laughs> oh. Um, last night, this man spent probably a solid 45 minutes in the bathroom over the course of the shift. He's a, he's a speedy dude, you know? But he's like, as I'm driving him home, he's like, bro, I never should have trusted dollar store tuna and then he tells me that he usually gets tuna to put into his ramen mm-hmm. and it's like a nice you know cheap way to spice the meal up and i'm like you got <laughs> dollar store tuna and i thought this was funny enough as it was yeah i wake up to a text from him at two in the morning is like bro is he still I'm so glad i bought altoids because i've puked up everything i've eaten for the last three weeks oh my god I'm like, oh, oh my man, god that sucks that really sucks dude but I, I'm like, I'm still going to see him in the morning. He can't yeah. be that bad off. Nope. We get a call. Um, within an hour of opening, he's supposed to be there at noon. He calls us around 10. And he's like, <laughs> hey, I got food poisoning. I'm not coming in today. He was still sick. I shoot him a text immediately. I'm like, hey, dude, are you doing okay? Is there anything I can bring you after work? 
you know, because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> he doesn't respond to me. <laughs> he doesn't respond to me until 530. Oh, my God. So I, I need I need you to know this man's been radio silent for me since 2 a.m. And then I get a text at 530. He's like, oh, yeah, bud, don't worry. I'm feeling a lot better now. It's like. Sure? Finally got it all out. God. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, more power to him, I guess. Sure. He hasn't answered my follow-up text of are we canceling our plans for tomorrow? So who knows what's going on with this kid, but um He's alive and that's what's he's important because I was a little wow. worried about him. I was also a, a I was a lot worried about him. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, God. So yeah, uh, moral of the story really does just boil down to please don't eat dollar store tuna now hold on you're like a really okay, desperate spot. Um, if you if you so, were to enter that dollar store and in the back they had like a full-on like butcher counter set up mm -hmm. would you this dollar store no okay okay because I, I think that there are some dollar stores right where like you walk in and you're like oh this is not that terrible sure but then there's other ones that you walk in and you're like i will only take the preserved foods that can't go bad Right. temperature variation that's this one mm -hmm. yeah i did eat a hot pocket from their freezer once uh their freezer did not keep it fully frozen oh uh, so i feel like i was playing with fire that you day really yeah that's were. that's gambling yeah. a little mm -hmm. okay so this leads me into a quick story about one of my old co-workers okay. who who ate the gas station sushi oh my god he no, he oh, he oh. would often come into work really like mopey and acting very ill and he'd be like, oh, I shouldn't have had gas station tacos last night. And I quickly learned that that meant he was, he hung was over. hungover. Okay, yeah. That... And it's um... like, either you, it, it doesn't look good for you either way, because no. <laughs> either you're hungover way too often, or you're, or you're an continuously idiot. Continuously trusting <laughs> gas station tacos. Yeah. So either way, he looks like a total dumbass. Right. Yeah. But yeah, true, that's... true. I think the best part of that is like, Listeners will not know this, but Jeff and I know you're not really going to get gas station tacos in town um, that are of questionable quality. Yeah, they're... The only places that would actually sell tacos have like a full blown like mini kitchen. Like they make like a whole lot of food. Yeah, anyway. I can't even think of what gas stations you'd be going to for that around no, here. I assumed that was a Seattle sure. story. Yeah, nope, no, this isn't. This, 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 is, a, is, a, this is a Pennsylvania. This is a Pennsylvania. OK, wow. In the yeah. Northeast, person... we don't have tacos. Not at gas stations, at least. You go to a gas Barely station, you get a, a sandwich of some sort, like a regular person. Noah, you said you work in a strip mall, right? Like mm -hmm. a kind of strip mall sort of area. Why don't you just go to the strippers and ask for some meat? Welcome to Casual Obsession, the horror movie podcast where we talk about horror movies. Uh, and this week we'll be talking about a 2021 movie. Or is it 2022? It's 2022. A 2022 movie, brand new. Uh, one might even call it fresh. Oh my God. Why would you call it that? <laughs> but that is the title. Bad it's fresh. Movie, oh. bad. <laughs> title drop. Fuck. 
Damn. Um, do you want to try that again? You might have wanted me to wait 30 minutes into the podcast to do a title drop like this movie does. Right? right? A quarter of the way through the <laughs> runtime. <laughs> but I won't. I'll just do it now. It's fresh 2022. Nice. Uh, yeah. But who are you? <laughs> yeah. Where I'm are Nina. we right gonna, now? What is this? Uh, this. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I told you it's Casual Obsession, the horror movie podcast where we talk about horror movies. And oh. I'm your host, Nina, and I'm gonna I'm gonna lead us through the episode, and I'm here with my husband, Noah. Hello, I'm Steve. What? That's not your name. It's <laughs> she Noah. She said your name was Noah. What? Did you really just pick another name that also happens to be a name of another character in this movie? You're like, oh, Noah's going to be confusing because like, oh, that's no, the protagonist. I'm Nina's I'm husband, gonna... Molly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry, should I have said Brendan? <laughs> it was a joke. <laughs> You're a joke. Anyway, this, this is, Get this it? Is... Because he was lying about what his name was? It's his Not really. Name, he no. picked his middle name. That's Doesn't not that matter. bad. Brendan Steve. What a... What a what yeah, a his middle name, name is Steve, not even Steven. That's, like, that's a two first name. It was Steven. Wasn't it Brandon Steven? I think whatever? it just said Brendan Steve. Steven is... It doesn't really matter if we're Brendan Steve or Brendan Steven. That's just that's a that's <laughs> it's who not else a good is name. here though. Too, too much name. Who's talking? Uh, we also have. Uh, oh yeah, who else is talking? I'm Emma. Talking? Emma. Yay! And who's the last person that's here? <laughs> As usual, it's me, Jeff. You All could righty. go first, Jeff, but like you didn't. You interrupted Nina and then didn't introduce yourself. Yeah. So I figure when the audience hears somebody interrupting people, they can just assume that they it's know me. that it's you pretty consistently. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about this movie, Fresh, a movie that uh, dropped on Hulu um, with fairly little fanfare um, earlier in the year. Uh, it stars Sebastian Stan, and all you really need to know is that it's about cannibalism. Uh, I was told to watch this movie by two people. One is my coworker who asked to be uh, shouted out by name. Hi, Rye, if you're listening. Hi, Rye. Hey, Rye, Rye Brad. And the, and the other is uh, Noah and Jeff's sister, uh, who also told me I would like it. Um, they both told me I would like Hi, it Chum. mostly because of Sebastian Stan, but uh, I liked it for many other reasons that we will get into um, during this. This uh, actress has podcast. also been kind of popping off out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, yeah? she's really good. Um, like genuinely i really enjoyed her performance yeah she's in the new show with andrew garfield um under the banner of heaven and she is Is also very good in that lasagna because he's garfield (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank Thank you you for cutting in with that because i I didn't know where he was going and now i'm just mad for you guys Oh, yeah. uh, but yeah, she's really good in this, and I I'm happy to see her get other work because I really enjoyed her performance. Yeah, she's great. Um, but, but what was uh, what's what's the short summary of this movie, Nina? Yeah, alrighty, I will give you a short spoiler spoiler free summary here. Um, this movie is about a woman named Noah. Um, who I know that sounds confusing, but after we get through the spoilers, we'll have a new nickname for her, and it won't get confusing anymore. Um, <laughs> Noah is. having a hard time with dating life she she is going on some pretty lame tinder dates having some pretty awful conversations with different men um and most of her life subsists of that that dating life doing some art and hanging out with her awesome friend molly um 
until one night she goes out to get groceries and she meets a man the old fashioned way in a grocery store, a man named Steve, who gets into a conversation with her about cotton candy flavored grapes. Um, this conversation goes pretty well. They have instant chemistry uh, and he gets her number. Uh, and after a little while of like keeping her waiting all like classy, like uh, they do start uh, dating and eventually uh, he takes her away on a trip to this kind of mountaintop, like nice house. And that's when we find out that Steve has been playing the long haul here and he is not a good person. Everything else is kind of a uh, kind of spoilery. So if you if that sounds fun, uh, which why would it? <laughs> I promise you this movie is very fun and enjoyable to watch. And I would encourage watching it without a whole ton of spoilers. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's the movie. Uh I know how I feel about it, but how do the critics feel about this, Noah? Well, the critics. Um, so here, here's something that I, I would just really want to point out real quick. Um, we may remember P2 from last week. Hi, P2. How you doing? We will Hi, be P2. bringing up P2 yeah, a lot. Yeah, P2. <laughs> um, P2 on IMDb had a 5.7, you may remember. Okay. Um, I do. Fresh has a 6.7. That is oh. so stupid. And <laughs> that blows my mind. However, unlike P2, Rotten Tomatoes score was like 35. This one's 81% fresh. Okay. Metacritic, 81% fresh. <laughs> I, I'm going to fucking scream. <laughs> Between I, I this and the main character stealing my name, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Too bad it's not certified fresh. Um, yeah, too bad. 67% on Metacritic. And a 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd. I'm going to be real. That's like, that's fine. I Here's my thing about this movie. Because um, I'm going to give it my rating. I understand this movie's not for everyone. Uh, cannibalism, it's the cannibalism. Cannibalism is already not for everyone. Um, on top of that, uh, if you if anyone here has seen Ex Machina. Um, oh, yeah. There's some similar tonal, like, all over the placeness about this movie that can be off-putting to some people. Um, I found it pretty consistently fun. I found it thoughtful. It um, it really, like, spoke to a lot of things that I've experienced personally, um, uh, which I can't wait to talk about. And also, I think um, the greater message of the movie was, like, obvious like very obvious and very like telegraphed through the whole movie but it was still fun um and it still said something that i think is worth saying so for me personally for me this is a borderline perfect movie there's just some stuff that i'll talk about in the spoiler section that i think could have been polished better so i'm gonna give this one like an eight and a half close to closer to a nine than an eight actually interesting like 8.75 mm -hmm. okay mm -hmm. okay 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 you know you said this reminds you of some of your experiences do you do you not have an ass anymore? <laughs> Assless Nina, we no, call her. No, I have an ass. <laughs> it's a curse that I've been burdened with. But... Assless Nina, we call her. 
Uh, other people, though, should give their ratings. Who wants to go next? I'll go next because I know Nina's staring at this 5 out of 10 right here that I haven't changed from the last movie, which, by the way, demoted to 4 out of 10, if that makes anybody feel better. It makes me feel a little You better, yeah. said um, the number you said. You can't go back and change yeah, no it. No takes these You hey, gave hey, it 9 stars in and episode, you keep it at 9 stars. <laughs> in episode, I seem to remember saying... That it would definitely go down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but 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 I cannot wait any further. Please tell me what your score is. Oh, for... I'm rating this movie a nice happy eight out of ten. Cool. I liked cool. this movie a lot. It, I think it was a really good time. Huh. Interesting, interesting. Fascinating. Um Jeff, what about you though? What would you rate this movie? <laughs> Just trying to avoid me going last. All right. Um I oh, really... Mr. I oh, last like usual. <laughs> I am having a really hard time assigning a numerical value to my enjoyment of this movie because it is in the rare predicament of being well done enough that I hated it. Like it I it's it's good. Everything that it does it does pretty well. And I never want to watch it again because of that. You know? That's valid. Like it gives oh, me that. icky no, feelings that. inside that I do not like. I had a bad time watching it, but it's real well done, you know? Like, I can't overstate That's how like... little fun I had with it. <laughs> I'm the complete opposite person, but, but like, I get it. But, like, all of that is because it does everything that it does so well. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I want to rate it high or, like, mid. Mm -hmm. I'm going to rate it high and just feel weird about it. I'm going to give it... I'm, I think I'm going to match the tone of the room and give it, like, an 8. Okay. Mm -hmm. But I want to nice. I want to reemphasize I do not ever want to watch this movie again. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I can I know at least one reason why not that we can get into during this. this not even that second. actually. Really? No, All I right. was saying this before that happened. Fair now, enough. I for one love cannibalism. I myself <laughs> and a cannibal. No, I'm not. Officer, take the <laughs> shot. Officer. <laughs> we got her um no but i really 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 enjoyed this movie i have a lot of thoughts um yeah especially this can be weird but from a trans perspective i have a lot of thoughts about this movie oh yeah 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 um i would can't wait to hear it and i really highly very much enjoyed it um so I'm actually going to give it a nine and I'm tempted to give it like a 10, honestly. Ooh. Oh, okay. Um, Cause I very much enjoyed it and I love what it did. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm going to talk all about all of that after the spoiler break, but, but yeah, fantastic movie. Cool. Yeah. Well good job. <laughs> I did a good, um, <laughs> um, quick note. It, it does still suffer from what I said with P2 last week of, like, can we get some female-led horror movies that aren't about, like, women's trauma? Right. But, and that's, yeah. But this is still really, really well done. And I enjoyed I think, it. Yeah. And there's I, also I like... explicitly no... I'm so sorry, Nina. <laughs> there's explicitly no sexual assault, which I was very, very, yeah. very, very thankful for. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was going to say, I think, I hope that I made it pretty clear last week um, or last time when we were talking about P2 that this movie does suffer from that. And um, 
I am aware of that, obviously. But the reason that like that's the reason that I picked this is because I think there is a way to do that kind of story in a way that is productive and a way that like actually helps those mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. And P2 makes it worse, but Fresh, I think, helps draw attention to things in the right ways. Um, so, yeah. Uh, let's, uh, we, we got a lot of content warnings for this movie, so I think uh, now might be the time to just jump into that. Um, I think there's one that I know everyone is excited to hear. There's yeah, Dong. There's Dong. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> there is there's Dong. Dong in this I movie. I didn't remember if I like mentioned that on the last episode, um, but there is like it's it's only shown for like a split second, but there's a, there's an entire dick pic shown. Yep. Um, which like uh you guys get a warning for that. Many people who are on dating apps do not get a warning <laughs> for that. Uh Noah herself, the character, does not get a warning on that one, but you guys do. Uh there's that. There's cannibalism, obviously. Uh there's a lot of like that kind of gore. It's not like really explicit gore, but it is like, you know, it's I mean, you watch him carve up a leg yeah. and a rack of ribs at one point. And there's a lot of like Im- like the prop work is incredible. Oh so my God. this oh God, is yeah. like the fake leg mm-hmm. if you were to tell me that was a real leg the only reason i wouldn't believe you is because the hip bone was too clean mm-hmm. in the and also because it's illegal hip bones <laughs> sticking out of the leg oh uh, yeah and it's illegal but it looked like <laughs> if someone in a cartoon had their leg popped off it was like just the pristine like bone but it was such a fucking real leg it mm-hmm. looked yeah. so good the yeah. the prop work's incredible. That Wildly being said, it's really realistic, like human dismemberment and body parts and stuff. So, um, yeah, tack that mutilation thing on there too. Yeah, big time, like true, a lot true, of mutilation. True. Spoilers: He's taking her ass. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm taking your ass. No. <laughs> I love, I love that Patrick Bateman ass motherfucker. Um. But yeah, no, there's that. There's uh, elements of like, um, like not stalking, but like, you you know, the kind of abuse where you're like familiar with someone and um, they misuse that. They miss you've misplaced that trust or that trust has been misplaced in this person and they use that against you to put you in a vulnerable situation. Um, There's no like quick and easy way to content warn that. But I do think it's important to bring up. Yeah. Uh, other than that, there is some actual gore. There's like some eye stuff. Uh, there's some, uh, (laughs) there's some dick related gore for you dick havers out there who might be sensitive to that. Um, (laughs) other than that, I think that's about it. You see like some, I think it was a bat or something kind of slamming into a person's head a couple times. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, yeah, there are some. With animals, just like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But I forgot yeah, about that gore, completely. Gore definitely fits. Um, yeah. That's Which, about all I have, I think. Realistically, in a cannibal movie. Who could see that coming? Who could wow. see that <laughs> True. More blood than Texas Chainsaw. <laughs> that might be yeah. that might be true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually. But by a lot, in fact. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So yeah, uh Emma. Can we get a scary rating on Fresh 2022? Oh, wait, no. We were changing scary rating to something else, weren't we? Uh, I think we changed it last week. Oh, right. Yeah, was that just I just don't remember P2? what its name is. The uncomfy rating. Uncomfy rating is what we did, yeah, I think. Do you want to do that again? Um, No. 
Uh, <laughs> for the scary new, rating, oh. we're gonna if, do a new kind of rating every time. <laughs> yeah, for the scary rating, um, if you're a if you identify as a woman or were raised as a woman, then I think a lot of the fear that this movie plays with is going to hit a nerve with you in a very real way. In a very real way. Um, and it can be very unsettling and uncomfortable. Um, so definitely get ready for that. Um, for those sorts of situations, I would say this isn't explicitly scary and like a oh, you're walking down a dark corridor and suddenly, like, a, something pops out at you and it's scary, but it's kind of like a slow burn scary-ish. Um, I'd give it, like, a 8 out of 10. Um, mm-hmm. For everybody mm-hmm. else that doesn't have to worry about those sorts of things that this movie is tackling, maybe, like, a 4. Um, And I'd like to add on to that. If you are just for some reason so stupid numb to the scenarios that are presented in this movie, um, which I have realized that I am since both times that I watched this movie, my takeaway was, wow, what a good commentary on the commodification of women's bodies. And also it was just a good time to watch the whole way through. Uh, I have realized that that might not be the normal response. (laughs) I had that too, honestly. But that is another possible response. It could be that it's like totally, it totally doesn't hit that way for you and isn't scary, but is still like a fun experience or an enjoyable experience on that level. So, you know, uh, either way, uh, you'll get out of it what you want to get out of it, I think. Um, yeah, there is that. So I would love to give a little plot synopsis. Um, yeah. Let's go into it. So, the spoily one. The spoily one. I'm going to start from the beginning again a little bit. Um, like I said, we we meet Noah. Noah's Noah's going on some shitty dates. She dates this guy named Chad. Um, <laughs> Chad sucks. That I sucks so much. I can't. Noah knows this story, and Jeff might even or Emma. You guys all three might know this story, but I have a bad date story that reminds me a lot of Chad that I'd love to tell later. Um, but Chad is I've just got some kind things of to say about Chad too. <laughs> Chad's kind of just a shitty, the normal kind of shitty dude that you meet a lot of. I was telling Noah, but every, not, uh, you're not necessarily going to have a date where everything that happens with Chad happens, but you can have a date where any one of the things that he does will happen. Oh, for sure. Um, I honestly, I'm amazed that they managed to distill, um, conservative impression of hipster scarf guy with a combination of hipster scarf guy so perfectly because this is the guy that i thought all hipsters were when it was like 2010 yeah this is what i thought all of them were with the exception the exception being that he talks for too long about how much he loves hot sauce which is I not actually a have a note thing to me. about how mad I am that he's a hot sauce guy. Was so right? I, was so, I wrote was a note so about funny. that as well. I was just so I, we'll angry as soon as I heard him talk say about it. Stuff in a minute. My God. He sucks. Yeah, go ahead and I finish the I really uh, hated his his little monologue about how he, everything. 
He just yeah. feels like women don't put as much effort into how they dress these days and how much he thought she would look so great in a dress. I, I, mm, um, I so that. he just does a bunch of stuff wrong. Um, she should. She and, could have killed him right there in the restaurant, and it would have been justified. Like it would have been. I don't. Fact. I think the staff would have helped her hide the body because they Probably. looked as pissed off with him as she was. Um, but anyway, she gets out of this state. Um, she talks to her friend Molly about it. And Molly is um, the she's she's the best friend character and she is bisexual and beautiful and I love her very much. Um, we stand. She has, we stand Molly. Hell yeah. She's also the smart the smart one. Um, she says uh, she gives some sage advice. She says, fuck it. Uh, she says, just just follow your heart on some of this stuff. You, you got to stop trying so hard. Um, you are powerful and you deserve better, um, which Noah needs to hear. Um, but because of this, when Noah meets Steve in the grocery store, um, he does a couple things I'd like to draw attention to. He strikes up a conversation about something in the environment, and then he very specifically mentions two female relatives that he has, his sister and his niece. This feels very conscious to me knowing Steve is a character the way that we do by the end of the movie as a way to gain her trust by mentioning two female relatives that he's going to visit. Yeah. Um, they get this conversation done. It's really cute. It's really the char the charisma and the chemistry is there. He gets her number. They go on a couple dates. Um, on their first date, Noah mentions that she loves maraschino cherries in her drinks, and Steve really latches on to that specifically for the movie. in her old fashions. I like there. This is just a dumb little touch that I found very nice. If a guy had done this movie, Noah's favorite drink would have not been like. Not like a Cosmo, but it would have been like a girly drink yeah. still, you know. That, you daiquiri, guys maybe. listening, you can't see my air quotes I just put up there, but they exist. Um, I just thought it was fun that they gave her an old man drink. Yeah. As her favorite. <laughs> I just thought it, that was kind of fun. When she orders it in the bar, isn't it a Manhattan that she orders? It I might be. Oh, Manhattan. Yeah, it I, is. I, I, but yeah. then what he it's, makes I, for her and later then he is, makes an is an old fashioned. Fashion. Is an, is an old yeah. fashioned I thought that was odd. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, he he remembered the cherry fashion, part. He, he yeah. remembered the cherry part, and it's um, a whiskey drink, and that's yeah, old fashioned. He got the important. Correct me if I'm done. wrong. Old fashions don't have cherries. I think that's just they amazing. don't. They don't actually. <laughs> no, yeah, but he he's Damn, doing it with stupid. a twist. It's with a twist. The point is, I'm sorry. During yes. this scene where she asks for the cherries, we also meet another of my favorite characters, Paul. Um, and Paul is the bartender, and she's like, "Hey, can I have?" As she says. Can I have as many maraschino cherries as you can spare? <laughs> and he comes back with all of the maraschino cherries that are in the, in the bar. And she's like, oh, damn, I, I meant like one or two. <laughs> um, but yeah, they go on a couple dates. They, they do end up sleeping together. In the scene where they are about to sleep together, Steve pulls another partially truthful because we see later that he doesn't sleep with any of his victims. But partially also manipulative, he says that he's not, he thinks that things are moving really fast. Um, and Noah is like, oh, wow, that's like really mature of you. They do end up sleeping together, but they do take it, it almost a lot, immediately. They do take it a lot <laughs> yeah. slower after that point. But um, after that, uh, they have some more conversations with Molly. Molly learns that Steve has no social media. Um, which he excuses as being like, has anything good ever been said on Twitter, which I've heard men say in real life before. Uh, so 
good excuse. And in fairness, Mr. Twitter Steve. enjoyers also say that to other <laughs> Twitter true. enjoyers. The yeah. note that I wrote from that moment is literally, my Twitter is just for saying dumb shit. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You're adding to the problem, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> I am the problem. Jeff's just like sandblasting, am I right? And everyone's like, no. <laughs> stink. <laughs> yeah, so. But I drive a forklift, so guys. You rock. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have any social media. He he is inaccessible in that way. Um, and he makes a point of asking Noah during one of their dates if she's told anyone about him. And she mentions Molly. Uh, to which he gets a little, it's, it's very tit for tat. Molly has about as much information about Steve as Steve has about Molly. Um, and eventually Steve's like, why don't we go away for the weekend? And he, even the like normal horror stuff of like, oh, you don't have service where we're going. He's very smooth about it. He says, oh, service is shitty right now, but when we get to my place, it'll be fine. And then when they get to his place and there's still no service, he says, oh, it must have gone out again. That fucking sucks. Um, so even that stuff, he, it's, it's clear that it's his fault and he's planned this, but he's still so smooth about it. And up until this point, there have been hints that things are off because he says stuff like, I don't eat animals and all of this kind of stuff. And then we get to the scene where he's made her this old fashioned with a twist and her vision is starting to go blurry. And he keeps it calm and conversational up until the point that she passes out on the floor. And his response is to get up and make himself another drink before he takes care of his um, newest victim. Um, that's when the title sequence plays, by the way, up, this is 30 minutes into the movie. And up until this point, um, you could get someone to watch this movie with you thinking you are watching a rom-com. And then at that point is when it would hit you that like, no, this is, this is a horror movie. Um, which is Just really great. Fucking nut moment, man. I loved the big title pops up over everything and then it switches mm-hmm. to this like dexter ass like credits theme yeah and it's just like going through and he's doing stuff and it's just like oh it's really i good. love this it what, kind it was of such feels, a ballsy move it kind of feels to me like that's when the movie starts right mm-hmm. yeah. like yeah, there's yeah. kind of just all a of half hour been... prologue and then the movie and then the movie which is it is all needed um yeah. unlike some other things that i'll talk right. about in a bit um so we get into this scenario where Steve has chained Noah up in the basement of his like mountain getaway house. Um, he lets her wake up and he kind of talks to her. And then when she realizes she's chained, she starts freaking out. Um, and she asks very blatantly, are you going to rape me? And he's like, no, I'm not. And to his credit, he's not. Um, <laughs> but he does pretty much from the get go explain to her that he he has told her before he was a plastic surgeon and he uses that to trap women because women are the highest demand because people are gross and that's kind of the theme of the movie he traps women through basically emotionally manipulating them and then he uses his plastic surgery knowledge to remove like amputate body parts while they're still alive and sell their meat to rich people um and it's a really interesting setup for a cannibalism plot because usually cannibalism plots are very much like classist in their setup. And this is, this is subverted it while also building on the theme of like the commodification of women's bodies, because he does explicitly say in another scene that like, it's only women and it's usually only ones that these men can like 
fantasize about. So stereotypically conventionally attractive women. Um, so he tells Noah this and obviously Noah's not super thrilled about it. Uh, he's like, I need you to chill out though. Fear and stress is bad for the meat. And then he leaves. Um, (laughs) she has a conversation. She finds out there are other people being kept in this basement that she can talk to. One of them is Penny, um, who is still alive and lucid, even though she's had some, like, she has some issues telling time and she's clearly not, her mental health isn't great. But there's a third person named Melissa who has been, she's close to death. She's not doing great. She's definitely been down there the longest. Um, This freaks Noah out even more. So when Steve comes down, Noah, who has been kind of dumb up to this point, but on the second viewing, it didn't piss me off as much as it did the first time. um, Noah's like, hey, can I take a shower? And Steve's like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. So he takes her upstairs to take a shower and she makes an attempt to run for it, which fails. And in retaliation, Steve takes her ass. Not her ass. Assless Noah. Assless Noah. Who, for my sake of mind, we will be referring to her as Assless Noah for the rest of this episode because Because every time nina says noah did this i look up from the text conversation i'm having like (laughs) fuck what am i missing (laughs) and i hate it (laughs) so assless noah um now assless uh is put back in the room um where she's being held and she has this like really long recovery obviously um and we get a scene of steve just doing his thing he is so unbothered by this shit. He's, he is, um, we see him take uh, a leg and start to butcher it and pack it up to send out to his rich clients. Um, and as he's doing this, he's listening to music. He's doing what I imagine a lot of us do when we're cooking or cleaning the kitchen, where he's just kind of dancing around and goofing off while he works. Um, completely unbothered, uh, unhinged little guy. Um, (laughs) and that's like, that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Um, meanwhile, Molly's starting to get panicked because she texts Noah about this getaway that she's on with this strange man. And she and Noah have this back and forth sign off that's love you, no, love you more. And she sends to Noah's phone, love you. And Steve using assless Noah's phone (laughs) replies with (laughs) just a heart. And that tips Molly off immediately that something's up. So Molly starts on her B-plot of being the detective to this movie. The backbone um, of the team. The backbone of the team. The the only one with brain cells. Um, She goes immediately to Paul for information, trying to get like credit card, like his name off the credit card. Um, Back at the house... Uh, Noah's Noah's assless Noah is starting to recover from having her ass removed. Um, good for her, and she is having some conversations with Penny again. Penny's not doing great. Melissa's gone completely silent at this point, and Noah reveals that she and Steve slept together. And Penny's like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Penny has a little moment where she's like, "Did you really?" And Noah's like, "Shut up! Was I not supposed to?" <laughs> um, and it's revealed to Noah that Steve doesn't usually do that, um, which means that she might have an upper hand in this relationship where she can actually like use that to maybe escape the situation. Um, slowly but surely, she does start to try and connect with Steve. She 
finds the point that is going to open it up when she asks what human meat tastes like. And he takes this as her maybe being a kindred spirit, maybe being someone he can open up to about this. So um, he makes her a meal um, using some of the meat that he has harvested. And during this conversation, she continues to try and like get him to open up to her. And he talks about the first time that he ever uh, ate human meat. And he talks about how he thinks of it as like becoming one with another and all this philosophical shit about like giving yourself up to someone else and like being the ultimate act of surrender. And he's so full of shit. Um, And Noah's like pretending to buy into all of this. But we see um, we see that evening her making herself throw up so that she doesn't have to um, have actually eaten human meat so good on you Noah good attempt um meanwhile Molly finds out um through some very complicated Facebook stalking since he doesn't have social media Molly does find out that Steve does have a wife which is a joke that they had earlier on that since he has no social media they know nothing about him he could be married and it turns out that the cannibal thing is not the only problem he is actually also married um so Molly makes an attempt to go out and find this wife because she hopes that that'll help her find Noah. I do want to cut in real quick. Um, I I think that her Facebook feed that we got to see was immaculate. Did y'all see that? Uh, I, I wasn't paying, paying close attention, attention to it. Please. So all the all the photos that were there were the cheesiest family like kid pictures of like mom standing two feet away from kid looking down taking photo type of action oh yeah but then the only feed you like post you see on her feed is a blue lives matter post oh is it holy shit yeah (laughs) yeah yeah she's uh yeah there's like a thin blue line thing going on there i thought that was wow just immaculate page crafting because sometimes you know they really put effort people don't know how to make social media look like social media but that Man, that's it. Looks like a real person. I've seen that yeah. page. Wow, and that um, that just like blends so well with the like immaculate whiteness of their entire house. There is no color in that house. Did you notice a, that? Like everything's white. Mm-hmm. Versus when you look at Steve's like mountaintop getaway, which is very warm, and you see that his like eclectic art taste is there because he has so much art that he has he's bought. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about it's that. Clear later. Steve is a very interesting person beyond the cannibalism. Yeah, and so he's crafted this boring persona to like hide behind, which is what it goes into what he he talks about with the with the cannibalism, where he feels like. He has found people who understand him and he can be who he really is when it comes to cannibalism at the expense of other people, which I want to I'll talk about that when we get into like the philosophy of this movie and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Molly goes to Steve's wife to try and figure things out. She comes in and is like, hey, I think she she that your husband has been cheating on you with my friend and I'm afraid that he's done something to her. And. The wife is like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I saw my husband this morning. Like, he's definitely not in some mountain getaway or whatever. And Steve comes in and he's like, no, my name's not Steve. It's Brendan, which to his credit is his first name. Um, And this is my wife. And I don't know what you're talking about and all this stuff. Have you tried looking for your friend here or there? And Molly starts to leave because obviously this isn't going well. But on a hunch on the way out, she calls Noah's phone 
which Steve happens to have on his person at the moment. So Assless Noah's phone goes off and Steve, in one of my favorite line deliveries from Sebastian Stan, just pulls the phone out of his pocket and goes, oh, look, it's you dumbass and like hits her over the head. his wife hits her over the head um showing us good moment showing mm. us for sure that the wife has been in on it we do get another scene later um where playing into the wife's character she's trying to get steve to actually be a part of his family he says all right good good work today knocking molly out helping me out with my horrible thing that i do i'm leaving um and we see that Steve's wife uh, is also a victim of his bullshit because she is missing like from her calf down on one of her legs, Um, which in one of my favorite scene transitions, it transitions from her struggling to get into the shower to him running freely um, outside in the air. Mm -hmm. And that's like a a moment that I really love. Um, And I wish that that was the last time we saw Steve's wife, but it's not. Um, We keep moving. Back to the house, Steve gets back and he's like, hey, Noah, I've thought about how you've never had anyone cook for you because you grew up alone and your parents were dead. That just makes me so sad. I'm going to cook you a meal. Um, And Noah's like, great. (laughs) So he gives her the ugliest dress (laughs) to wear, a dress that um, unfortunately for the director uh, shows off the fact that Noah definitely still has an ass. Um, You can... (laughs) You can see that she's wearing like compression shorts underneath um, the dress, but uh, it doesn't do a good job of um, convincing me that she's had any work done. Um, But, you know, you have limitations. They spent their whole budget on like the legs and stuff. So, um, yeah. So Noah goes to have this date with Steve. They go through some more like human meat kind of taste testing and whatever in a way that's really kind of an interesting way to do it again because of how cannibalism stories are usually told you're not used to being shown like fully cooked dishes of human meat and being like stuff that is like like pate or like a meatball and they're like oh this is human meat um and noah goes through eating and joking with steve to kind of loosen him up making jokes that like you know they've been on dates before she knows his sense of humor and eventually she does break down and she's like, she's been keeping it together really well up to this point, but she starts crying and she tells him how confusing this is. But then she's like, hey, do you want to dance? Maybe that'll help. So they get up and they have this weird ex machina style. Like if those of you who have seen ex machina are familiar with the weird ass dance scene. It's oh, like yeah. that again. Um, but it leads, it is intercut with a buildup to a sex scene. Um, And as she goes into the bathroom to freshen up for the sex scene, and then she comes out and moves down his body to below his waist, and then we get a shot of her opening her mouth, and she bites Steve's dick off. Um, Got him. (laughs) There have been very few times in a movie where I've been watching and something starts, and this, when they started, like, started the deed and kind of the scene was moving to that. I was like, please just bite his dick off. Yeah. And then it got to that point and she did it. I was like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was she, so oh, good. I was so glad she did, but I was so uncomfortable for the rest of the movie just watching Steve move around. I'm like, ah! <laughs> yeah. Basically the whole time. See, I yeah. just kept thinking um, he should have been bleeding more. Boy. 
Right. No, yeah, I had the too. same thought was like, how right. is he even walking was my thought. Yeah. But um, so she does that. She smears toothpaste that she got from the bathroom when she went in there. She smears toothpaste in his eyes um, and she runs. She locks him in the room and runs. Uh, she manages to make it to the basement and free Molly, who's been trapped down there. Um, and Penny as well. Melissa's long gone at this point. Um, and the three of them move up to the kitchen because Penny is missing um, a couple limbs at this point. They do. She's missing a leg fully her leg at this point. They put her in the dumb waiter that Steve uses to take his meat up from the freezer and head upstairs to get into a battle with Steve in the kitchen. Um which ends up with him getting absolutely bloodied. Uh, his face they is like smashed up. Um, obviously, he's missing his dick at this point. They stab him in the leg. He's not doing great. Um, they do manage to get out of the house, though he is not dead yet. As they're running through the woods, uh, he has grabbed a gun. Uh, Paul has finally made it up. Molly gave him his her location on the phone. Paul has finally made it up to the mountain. He hears the gunshot, says no thanks, and leaves the movie, never to be seen again. Such a respectable decision from him. He's like, I've seen this movie. I don't even know this is the right place. Um, it's like, <laughs> I was talking to Rye about this because Rye was like, oh, it's about how men won't help women in this situation. I'm like, yeah, but it's also about how, like, he's a man of color and this situation isn't exactly safe for him either. Yeah. So even though, like, Molly's willing to go out of her way to put herself in danger for her friend, Paul is, in fact, a stranger and is also a person who is going to be in specific danger in this. I genuinely can't blame him for his decision to just get the fuck out of there at that point. I, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about this in particular, but I don't want to interrupt the, the right, synopsis. The the Especially yeah. since we're so close to being done. Um, so Paul ditches. Good good for Paul, I guess. Um, at this point, um, we do we do get Steve getting getting killed they do manage to uh kill steve before they do that there's some there's been some tension with noah about him asking her to smile right before she kills steve she asks him to smile and he he does his little goofy sebastian stan uwu smile before she shoots him in the face um that he has I, really really good makeup in this scene but because it's in the dark you can't really see it well if you look up production photos for this movie you can get the full like Look at how his oh, he face looks bad. It's, he it's looks like a swollen well shut eye. When he, did, mm -hmm. I love that smile that he did, as if there was a part of him that really did believe maybe I can smile my way out of this, <laughs> and that was great. Yeah. No. Um. Now the only thing that I don't like about this movie is that I I can appreciate what they were going for with the wife and like kind of internalized misogyny as a plot line. I think that they, that she kind of overstays her welcome and therefore the movie, movie overstays its welcome because at first it seems like they're setting up for a sequel because she finds Steve's body and she's like, put it on ice or whatever. Um, and then she goes and finds Noah and um, it's like, oh my God, you killed him. We're free, we're free. And then she starts to try and choke Noah once she's gotten close. Uh, and Molly comes in with a shovel and beats her head in. Uh, and it's like, it's, it, again, it's like, I get what they were going for, but because Steve was already dead, it doesn't feel very impactful. It feels kind of tacked on. I wasn't a huge fan of yeah. how that was done. I think there's a world where even that scene could exist and I wouldn't hate it, but I just don't think that it works with how the movie goes. Anyway, yeah, I think it's a, oh, God, sorry. I, I think it's 
a really great illustration of Stockholm syndrome mm-hmm. um, because they play at hinting at that throughout the movie like a couple yes. of times. And it's kind of a yeah, um, it's a look at a character very similar to Noah that does kind of that fall into, into the into Stockholm it. syndrome and then mm-hmm. buys into the lifestyle further and like all of that. And I I thought it was done pretty good and she doesn't stay around very quickly because she dies pretty fast. She yeah. dies um, pretty fast. Which so is I wasn't the, too uh, bothered by it, but I thought it was yeah. a good mirroring. I thought it was a good mirroring even with how much we had had up till that point. I like the scenes that had her previously, I really enjoyed. I just felt like um it didn't she lost impact on me as a character because they kept going with her because yeah. right after she dies it immediately just cuts to Molly and Noah sitting having another casual conversation and then the t- the credits roll there's not a lot of time to sit with that and because they do this whole scene with her there's also not a whole ton of time to sit with Steve's death either um so the ending kind of felt a little bit disjointed but not in a way that made me hate the movie, just in a way that made me dog what like one point seven five points. Mm. <laughs> um, one point two five. One point two five. Uh, but yeah, that's that's fresh. That's the movie that I chose for us to talk about. Um, I've talked a lot, and I have more to say. But first, let's hear from Emma because I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. Oh gosh, I have so many thoughts that I could say. I don't want to dump them all on you immediately. Um, you say you say one. Jeff and I will complain about hot sauce people, and then you say more. <laughs> okay, then I have I have the perfect thing to tie into the hot sauce people. Okay, and part of this is just direct, absolutely what it is, but also another part may be reading a little bit too into it. Um, so we can determine which is which as I talk, but. Nina, you mentioned the dress and how unfortunately it shows that Noah very clearly still has has the booty. And <laughs> I thought it was really interesting that at the beginning with Chad, he's talking about like, oh, I wish or I liked when the women of our parents' generation, like they really subscribe to femininity and I think you would look great in a dress and all this stuff. And then later on in the movie at kind of the culmination of this relationship for the two of them. Yeah. um, She is put into a dress, but not just a dress, a very like older woman dress kind of. Um, And so immediately who's got no clue what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Immediately. I felt that kind of callback to the beginning of the movie. But as Nina was talking through the rest of the story, a couple of other things jumped out at me as well of when they met in the grocery store and kind of were talking, Nina, you said that she mentions that nobody meets like the old fashioned way anymore. Um, and then also him not having any social media. I think it's a really interesting kind of look at the dangers of old style dating and mm-hmm. kind of the new Everyone romanticizes it, but it's not necessarily that much better. (laughs) Yeah, but in this new kind of marketplace of dating where we have access to all of these tools and stuff and the true red flags of when somebody doesn't kind of do any of that, that it should actually be a red flag, like uh, her friend was warning her. 
um and just his like old style of ideals of um oh cannibalism is all about like the ultimate giving of yourself to another person and oh of course it's always the woman woman meets taste better yeah and all You'll of notice this stuff. His, in his ultimate giving he's not doing any giving yeah he's yeah just doing right. the taste. exactly it's very it speaks to like this old idea of like um, not to harp on Christianity, but I'm gonna this old harp idea. On Christianity. Harp on Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> this old idea of like marriage being like a partnership, but what they mean is marriage is a woman being completely subservient to a man who gives her money. Sometimes it's called yeah. complementarianism. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. The point, the yeah. There's a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this movie. Um, yeah. that is like that, but that's definitely like. A big one um but there's a whole lot of takeaways of looking at um steve's mindset and this kind of older mindset and how that shows throughout the movie Mm -hmm. and i think it's really cool but um no and jeff want to talk about hot sauce (laughs) so i don't have a ton to say about hot sauce people but you probably immediately thought of the same guy i did though yes obviously you know Mm -hmm. i did so we had a guy we knew growing up who um, we've talked about him before. <laughs> we have um, the punching bag. That is this man. He's just so punchable because he's just such a shit person. He's horrible. Uh, he's unironically, we're not yeah. going to do details, but he is actually very valid to make fun of. So yeah, I fucking okay. hate the guy. Um, He was a big Frank's red hot guy. Specifically. Other, yeah. he, he had this opinion that other hot sauces weren't good enough. He also said Frank's Red Hot would like cure canker sores and things yeah. like that in your mouth. He said really that, yeah. weird, dude. As soon as Chad starts talking about how much he loves hot sauce, but it then it gives him diarrhea or whatever it is that he said. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh good lord, it's this again. Yeah. And I've never I've never been able to see because like everything Chad did was very, very uncomfortable, very blatantly obvious. I've never had such a specific button of mine pressed in that yeah. way. Yeah. Weird thing to actually have happen in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to... Also, the racism against Asian people. That was, was like, such that a lined up too. Yeah, that was weird. Thing. Yeah, it all fit. God. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, it was... Ooh, man. I... Th- the beginning of this movie was so... For just a... What it amounts to a throwaway 30 minutes that just sets up the rest of the movie. Yeah. Was such a well-crafted little thing. It was. Need no. to mention mm-hmm. this in the opening, but unironically, this is a rom-com by itself that turns into a horror movie. If you didn't know, you wouldn't know, except yeah. for a couple of moments when the subtitles go sinister music. Yeah. 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 Or uh, one of my favorite foreshadowing moments because we talked about um him saying that he doesn't eat animals instead of saying he doesn't eat meat, which that I love. Really good. Um, but my favorite foreshadowing moment in the entire movie is when she's eating Cheetos and oh. you get the shot of her biting into the Cheeto, and it's oh. it's very much. When I watched it the first time, I was like, "That's a dick." And then later on, when she's gonna go down on him and she's about to bite his dick off, I was like, "I was like, right. oh yeah, that was on purpose." <laughs> okay, so I, I know. Film literacy. Okay, Freud. I thought you were going to talk about. I thought you were going to talk about my favorite piece of foreshadowing in the movie, which is when we first see assless Noah when she still has her Mm -hmm. ass, of course, uh, course. and she's sitting in her car before the date, 
before we get a shot that has her full face in it, we get this like detail shot of her checking her teeth. Mm-hmm. We get a bunch of focus just on all of her teeth before we see the rest of her face. So seeing that, I was just like, oh, that's not indicating anything that's going to be later in the movie or anything. That's <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. I thought it yeah. was a really well, the 30 minutes is not just wasted on setup. It is yeah. spent with foreshadowing, with building characters um, mm-hmm. in a way yeah. that's really believable. The The relationships, especially the female relationships, the female friendships in this movie are really well done. Um, yeah. The friendship between Noah and Molly, where um, Noah is a, a woman loving woman. She is a, a bi woman who is shown to be attracted to both during the movie. She talks about how she enjoys dating women because there's like a lot less dangers there in certain areas. But yeah. then she also will not stop flirting with Paul, the bartender, <laughs> which like she's valid. He is an attractive man. Yeah. Um, but She's never shown to be predatory in any way to Noah. She genuinely really just cares about Noah as a friend, which I appreciate as a bi woman who has noticed, like, obviously you notice this, the way that women who are attracted to women are categorized as being predatory towards straight women. Mm-hmm. Molly is never predatory towards Noah in any way, and I really appreciated that. Um, there's There's moments where other people try to get her to talk shit about Noah, and she's like, shut up uh Mm. this is my friend is missing we're not gonna make jokes about that right now uh even if you are right um yeah i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed noah's relationship with penny where um like i had been the moment that she managed to lock um to lock steve up she was going down there for penny she didn't know molly was down there at the time um So she really did care about Penny as well. And obviously, who wouldn't? Penny's amazing. Um, So that like... hmm? Go ahead. Uh, I did want to say something about Penny that I thought was really cool. But I also want you to finish your thought. Right. I was going to say this movie does a lot of showing how women have to really genuinely be there for each other in order to manage to make it out of situations. Um. There has to be that trust. There has to be that constant checking in. And we doesn't, it's one of those things where it doesn't matter how little we know each other. A lot of times women who are in dangerous situations know that there is this sort of code where we can go to each other, even no matter, not knowing what's going on. You can, if you're in a dangerous situation, go up and act like, you know, a strange woman in public. And there's an unspoken, almost immediate understanding of oh shit, you're in trouble. I am the only one who can get you out of this. And -hmm. I think that that was communicated in this movie in in a way that was very heartfelt and I appreciated it. Oh my gosh, I have so many things to say about that too because that's another big point I have. I'm gonna take the soapbox for a little bit. Do it. Um, And first, the thing I want to say about Penny is there is a scene where Noah is kind of laying against the or sitting against the wall talking to Penny and... uh, um, she says, like, I wish we could see each other right now. Yeah. And then the camera, like, flies over the wall and you see Penny and she has a bandage around her head. And Penny says, me too. And first, I thought, like, I thought Steve had taken Penny's eyes. And so the oh, whole, yeah. like, 
Me Too line was like crushing. But then later in the movie, you see that she has her eyes and she's fine. And it was just a bandage around her head. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's incredible. Um, yeah. But for the larger point of what Nina was talking about, um, as a trans woman, uh, one of the things that like once you come out and once you start experiencing like friendships between women um and how like they treat each other it is like nina was saying it's really huge that you take care of one another and that you check in with one another and like it's not a joke when you're going on a date or something you text pictures and like where you'll be and all this stuff to your friends in case something goes wrong or when you're driving home like a lot of people will be like text me when you get home so i know like you get home safe and if you don't text them or you forget, a lot of times you're going to have a bunch of texts where they're checking in on you, making sure you're okay. And it's this very, even if you're not like super close to people, it is this very proactive communal like protection towards other women. And I loved how that was illustrated with Molly in this movie, where like almost immediately she was catching on to something is weird here. Something's not quite right. And yeah. rather than just brushing it off a bit, she immediately like dove into figuring out what was wrong, being proactive about it, investigating it and all these other things. Um, whereas when Molly was going into danger and she was talking to bartender friend and she's like, Hey, let me send you my GPS in case something goes wrong and then something does go wrong and the guy sees like texts her a few times throughout the day like hey like is everything good doesn't hear back um tries calling doesn't get anything looks at the gps sees that it's in a weird place and then doesn't investigate or do anything until like night which we see him doing most of the stuff during the day during like his shift. And so it shows this kind of proactiveness versus towards a more male mindset generally where you kind of try to explain away when somebody isn't responding or something's going wrong cuz you don't want to have to do anything. Um, right. You don't want to put yourself in a weird position where you're having to like go and protect your friend or get help um and it's illustrated later similarly where he gets to the house he hears screaming and yelling um and he leaves because he's like oh, i must like have the wrong place um and it is to nina's point earlier he's a black man it is a very and like a very wealthy looking house um it's a it's a different situation for him but it does still illustrate that kind of like explaining a way of things so as not to yeah um burden yourself whereas like in when in friendships with women like it's very proactive a lot of the time yeah. um and i thought just kind of seeing that play out was really really interesting and i really really enjoyed it um yeah yeah and like stuff. two things can be true at once where like both like um, you know, because Molly is a black woman, so a lot of things that are like dangerous for 
um, Paul are also going to be dangerous for her, but there is a difference there as well that a lot of nuance can go into the situation where we can't just say like Paul bad for leaving, but also like yeah. there is some other stuff there. Um, also, but also he absolutely knew he had the right house. He did. Because <laughs> Molly absolutely said Noah's name. And when he got there, he heard shouting for Noah and mm -hmm. screaming that like he was going to hurt her. And he's like, must have the wrong place. <laughs> like, I'm going to oh, get yeah. out of here. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is a whole thing. Also, um, I think it's a it's a thing of like Occam's razor for situations is very different between men and women, because like for a man he doesn't like he doesn't hear from her and his thought process is there's a rational explanation for this um but i remember the first date that i went on or quote unquote the first time i met up with the guy that introduced noah and i um i ended up i went to this date i told at this coffee shop and i told my roommate at the time this is where i'm going this is who i'm meeting this is what he looks like if i don't text you or if I'm not home within this amount of time, call me. Um, and I get there and this guy and I hit it off and we talk for a long, we talked for like six hours at this first meeting because we hit it off so well. Um, but she called me three hours into it and she was like, you good? <laughs> Which like is fair because like to some people it might be like, oh, you haven't heard from her in a while. It could be that everything's perfectly fine and that's why she didn't text you is because she didn't feel like it was going badly. Because it, if it was going badly, wouldn't she text you the whole time updating you that like this is the shittiest date ever? But she's, she, she was studying. She had her own shit to do. She still remembered three hours later, oh shit, Nina's not home. I'm going to call immediately and check up on her, um, even though everything was fine. Uh and then on the on the other side of things, uh, going back to Chad real quick, um, so sometimes it's just the little things a guy says. You know, I had a guy that I went on a date with who um, he didn't say anything racist. We did go to a Chinese restaurant. It was super awkward. Um, but he didn't say anything racist to the people working there, unlike Chad. But we get in the <laughs> we get in the car, and my red flag moment for that guy was that he wanted to put on this EP that he was on, and it was like metal. And I was like, I'm really uncomfortable with screaming. And he made a oh wow, snowflake, you triggered joke on the first. I think I remember you telling me about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's like that was my that's my little chat aside, but um. I wanted to, if, 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 if anyone else has things they want to talk about, I do want to compare this movie to P2 real quick, since I said yeah, I was going to. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You guys good? Yeah. Yeah, yeah go, go for, for it. it. Cool. I just want to make sure. Um, I, honestly, I thought that was the point of putting this after P2. So Yeah, like, it is. I'm, no, I did. Yeah. I did want to get into it, but I did. I wanted to make sure there wasn't anything else that you guys wanted to get out of the way first. Um, okay. So my big problem between these two movies is first of all how the protagonist ends up in the situation she ends up in mm -hmm. uh, how she gets out of it and the stalker or like the the villain character themselves um so i'm going to talk about how she gets into it this is the big thing and this kind of plays into the character of the stalker as well uh in p2 we aren't really given a lot of reasons why this guy is into this girl apart from that he's been watching her on the cameras, there's no relationship between the two. Um, 
she's she's kind of arbitrarily there's a lot of like coincidences that have to happen before she ends up in this spot where she's trapped lots of them like she has to have the cab cancel on her and she has to forget this or forget that um and like it's it's just like this really early 2000s setup of just everything's going wrong which kind of makes it unbelievable and hard for me to be scared because i'm just like wow really wow wow you're kidding really (laughs) through the whole thing (laughs) versus um with with fresh everything is believable i fully believe that noah thinks that she and steve are doing well and i fully believe why she wouldn't listen to molly because she's spent she's been in person with this guy she spent time mm-hmm. with him she slept with him nothing bad has happened yet he's mentioned like his job she knows what he does for work she knows that he has a sister and a, he has a sister and a niece which is a good like a green flag for women if a guy talks about the other women in his life um you know there's a lot of stuff going on here that yeah 100% as mad as i wasn't noah for doing it because i knew the movie was going to go wrong she didn't know that and i can kind of understand why she didn't um which makes it scarier because like, you know, it's not like a like a accident that she ended up there. He orchestrated it. He drew her in and made her feel safe in a way that she is not at fault for. Mm-hmm. Um he is fully at fault through this whole thing. He's fully lucid and cognizant of it. And here's the next big thing. Um talking about Steve, he is not quote unquote in the typical 2000s horror or anything sense, quote unquote insane. He doesn't turn on a dime the moment that he has her captured and suddenly become this like weird, creepy, ho-ho, I'm dressed up as Santa Claus and I dance to Elvis guy. Yeah. He is the same man that mm-hmm. she met. He has the same sense of humor. He talks about the same thing. And in that scene but where it cuts from his wife in the shower to him running, you see that this is just very normal for him. He doesn't really even give a second thought to the way that he's treating these women it is a job and it's a and that plays into the commentary on like the commodification of women's bodies a lot of men just don't even think about that they go about their daily lives people like advertisers like um producers in hollywood that kind of thing everyone's Mm -hmm. doing it they don't even think about it women have to think about that shit constantly and be on on it with each other um so in P2, we have like one conversation between the main character and another woman in the entire movie. And it's her and her secretary telling her secretary to go home. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Fresh passes the Bechdel test or whatever, because I don't think it does. But there is that relationship that we talked about between women versus in P2. It's like no one is there to help her. There is no connection with her and anyone else. She's completely alone. and. Yeah, it's 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 just ridiculous how these little things create this scenario that is so much scarier and so much more real and yet somehow less disgusting in the way that P2 is. Like it's disgusting oh, in its oh, own okay. new fantastic. In, yeah, way. I was about to say less disgusting, really, but yeah, in the same ways, definitely. <laughs> you know, please, yeah. They eat people. <laughs> it doesn't watching P2 and watching the scene where like like he is feeling her up is super uncomfortable in a way oh, that God, makes yeah. me want to die. Yeah, no, very not cool. Yeah. Like yeah. 
I would rather never see that scene again. I went into fresh willingly <laughs> because mm-hmm. I think using cannibalism as a metaphor um, is says something so much more interesting than P2, which is just like, oh, men, gross women get molested. She kills yeah. him. Isn't that empowering? In this movie, it's like men commodify women's bodies without even thinking about it. Women have to rely on each other to be able to overcome that. That's so much more complex and I, that's why I love this movie so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Uh, I like one it a lot. thing as a comparison to P2 that I really like is I liked every character in this movie except the wife. Like, Steve was great. Mm-hmm. You know? Noah was great. Molly was great. Yeah. Like, everyone who was in this movie for more than, like, 30 seconds was a really good time. And, and the same the- cannot be said of P2. And that yeah. just, it makes me think of like the lack of charisma in so many, and chemistry, the lack of charisma and chemistry in so many early aughts horror movies. Yeah. And ATM. And ATM. And ATM. <laughs> <laughs> because it just, I was, we were talking about this just a little bit before it started. And, you know, there's a lot of, horror movies from the early aughts that people talk about being so good and then you watch and it is a thoroughly <laughs> mid movie yeah. with mm. one good actor in it and it's the like ring. Oh. you can just say the ring <laughs> okay fine the ring and it's like, there's a lot of reasons the ring isn't that great but like you know yeah also it saw. stands out head and shoulder no, no that's actually that we what were i mentioned about. is like oh. saw as a franchise <laughs> is a little bit mid it's my favorite horror franchise in its entirety, better than Hellraiser. Oh yeah. Okay, I just um, I just want to object to the use of the term a little bit mid. It is so comically aggressively mid. mid. <laughs> okay, it is but, the but mid there's like of three all. good the characters. Amount, the amount of charisma between like Jigsaw and yeah. Amanda and the chemistry between all these characters, and it's just like a a very direct it knows what it's doing movie yeah that like even from the beginning where we had carrie l was doing his thing like <laughs> his thing wasn't great but boy howdy was he doing it and he sold it yeah i was like, about to say was his thing just not quite having an american accent or <laughs> no <laughs> I, I love it. but you know i think about that as like it's not it's not great but the reason that it's like continued on is because it had a couple of bright spots like that yeah and it's just it was really fun watching fresh where it's like hey here's like a couple of ringers they brought in who not only can they act well but the movie also isn't bad so like if i'm 20 years 20 years or something you know down the line i look back and i'm like oh yeah fresh that was a good movie and then i pop it on it's not gonna be me like watching P2, P2. <laughs> three years later, thinking, wow, this movie sucks ass. Yeah. See, I was talking to Rai about that. Um, because like I said, Rai and hi, um Rai. Hi Rai, if you're hi, still Rai. listening. Hi, Rai. Um, Rai was the one who initially recommended that I watch this movie, and we were talking about how it's we because they're a Sebastian stan. They are a Sebastian's they are a Sebastian stan, and that is um valid. He's very good in this movie, and there are a couple lines where, like, I was texting both your sister and them, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I see why you made me watch this movie, you fucking simps. Um, 
But they were talking with me about how we think this movie is going to be a cult classic down the line. I wish we could get it like physically because I would love to own a copy of this um, to like have later down the line because it's not for everyone, but what it is is well done. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. that's the best kind of horror movie is one that's like very specific. I think about like not to bring it back to malignant, but I do think about that with malignant too. It's very specific, very much not for everyone, but the people who like it are going to not ever shut up about it. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And I hope that fresh achieves that status. I think Sebastian Stan being there will help it, but every actor in this movie kills it. The cinematography, the like, yeah, the sound design, like the use of music in um, in a lot of the scenes, the art direction. I really hope cool. that people don't give this a pass like I initially did because they're sick of people who simp over Sebastian Stan. Because that's yeah. why I did Call not watch it at for first. Is, well, there, there's a lot of annoying people on my Twitter. And Sebastian, unfortunately, has been lumped into my like Marvel movie. Hey, I'm done with it energy mm-hmm. because he's in it and i have yeah. a lot of people who simped over him in my past i'm like yeah he's still connected yeah and that for like, that reason i Tom was going to give this movie a pass yeah i was gonna I... pass on this movie and it was a stupid decision because i love this movie it was a very good time i you know? initially wasn't gonna watch this movie because i saw a few tiktoks saying it was a really good movie but they didn't like the end and they thought the end was done really terribly and it uh-huh. kind of ruined the rest and watching it now i have no idea what they i don't know why they were about. saying I was gonna that say, that's, I have a, my that's an opinion i guess but... I, i've got it <laughs> what is it jeff there is one singular thing that they could have changed with the ending of this movie that would have made it way better and that is, is when that, they yeah? are all beating on him in the kitchen they should all have gotten knives and cut him apart oh i, th- I i'm not gonna lie to you jeff when you said there's one single thing when they were beating on him in a kitchen, I'm like, is he going to say fucking yakety sax? <laughs> <laughs> Aggressively slowed down yakety sax. I don't, I don't know that I like that idea as much. Okay. But I don't know if you knew there's a mid credit sequence to oh, this I movie. Oh, I didn't. Oh, my God. Oh, really? Shit. Well, that's fucking um, stupid. Why would they do that? Where, where it shows that his Sebastian body man. is being eaten. Ah. Well, that's yeah. His his wife said put his body on ice and stuff. So yeah, are they selling him to rich people and they still think he's a girl? Oh, it's just like his body on a table and a bunch of people dig in. Nice. Okay, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that because that's dope (laughs) as shit. Thank you. That that does that's very good. Um, I think there was like, I'm glad that. Oh wait, there's one other thing that I wanted to say. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. In regards to you hoping this will be a cult classic and everything and just how much you enjoyed this, what's your fresh tattoo going to look like? Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it had something. That's the only thing is like, there's nothing that's as iconic as Gabe's dagger. So it would be hard for me to get one. Um, um, Noah's ass, excuse me. There you go. You could get you could get a tattoo of the words "I'm taking your ass on your ass." There you go. The Tramp stamp that says "I'm Tramp taking your ass." <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, oh no 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 no! Like 
Um, Steve doing the Virgin Mary pose with script text saying, I'm taking your ass. Ooh, and the whole, like, yeah, Saint Halo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, yeah. you've you, got you know options, I'm a slut for Nina. Christian imagery. I know. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? I love how each of the girls got a hit on him at the end, by the way. That was, yeah. like, very important to me that they each got to just, like, Noah obviously was going to get him. But I I love, um, other things I love about Steve as a character, I love his, like, pseudo patrick bateman bullshit where he mm-hmm. like is singing these pop songs and shit while he's doing his doctor work um mm-hmm. i love doctor work okay <laughs> doctor <laughs> work. He, while he's being a cannibal i love i love his okay look i do like sebastian stan a lot i love his goofy little uwu smile sebastian stan <laughs> smiles and his mouth does a little uwu and i think it's adorable <laughs> um but he he's very again i would totally fall for it the way noah does because i wouldn't fall for it the way neither would i i'm built different goofy goofy <laughs> little guy he's a, he's a good i don't know he fellow. comes across like a little bit of a creep early on though doesn't he like the second Not time really. that they hang out Not he really. says have you told anyone about me Okay, but that look, doesn't come what, across a little that's weird. Like a, no, else. that's a pretty normal thing. Is yeah, it? That, that felt when yeah. when you are like three or four dates in with someone, when you're three or four dates in with someone, you want to gauge how public the relationship is gonna be. Like, are you are they calling you their their like partner yet? Like, have they told their family about you? Are they, they are were, you like, getting to the stage where you should expect date, that? Though. I got the vibe but, that they they like what Emma? Go ahead. They. We're moving very quickly in their relationship. And so I didn't think it stood out. No, it didn't. Um, I do understand okay. why you feel that way. Um, personally, it was one of those things where it's like, I, if you, again, if you know that the movie isn't going to be a rom com, you can definitely pick up on that as yeah. being a him like needling at her. But mm-hmm. immediately he gets into like, um, he gets in he's like very open about talking about Molly and like what's up what's up with Molly? Like what's her deal? And I was like, I think she would get along. And he's like, Oh, do you like that kind of thing? I loved when he does meet Molly. There are little moments that are very like another thing that I love about how Steve is portrayed after the reveal is that he has moments where he doesn't show like any goofy, like on the edge of insanity stuff. He just shows anger. And it's mm-hmm. like he lashes out in a way that like I have seen with partners before where like you think that you're safe with this person and then they start screaming at you. Yeah. And it's like you get that like stress that's there of him like trying to get her to calm down. And then he breaks that because he doesn't have to hide that he's an like you get into that point in your relationship where they feel like they don't have to hide that from you anymore because you're trapped and they'll like yell at you. And he does that then, and then he does that later on after he's got Molly. He's like, uh, she said that we would get along, and then it cuts him just going, fuck. Um, mm-hmm. And he's very, very pissed off that, like, you know, when there's that thing of abuse where you, like, try and keep the person from their friends, and then when that friend tries to reach out to them, that can make an abuser very angry. That's kind of how I read a lot of that scene. Mm-hmm. I loved that as well. Yeah. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um I liked, as you were saying, in the beginning part of the movie, if you know how the movie turns, you pick up on some of the things of him probing to see, like, what information is there. Like, oh, tell me about, like, your family. And then learning that 
she doesn't really have a family um and all these other things where she's he's kind of like sussing her out a bit um as a target but like the beginning of the movie like you mentioned before if you don't know where the movie is going it feels like you could be watching like a romance movie or a rom-com uh and then it makes that turn and it veers into the horror territory and then when she starts playing him it kind of turns into this weird combination where it hits those romance beats again and it does feel like romantic and genuine at times but because we've seen that interconnecting piece we know there's still like that kind of tension tension. and that horror Mm -hmm. element and it's like a, a interesting like mix of the two genres and I thought that was the way the kind of tone of the movie was handled, I thought was really, really cool uh, mm-hmm. and really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Especially when he like is initially opening up to her and she she asks him similarly probing questions. She's doing it in a way to make him think she's genuinely interested in listening to and learning from him. And mm-hmm. he said stuff about like oh no one this is a male manipulator tactic oh no one really understands me and i just feel like you get me you know like there's something there and you're curious and i like that about you're you not like other you're girls. not like yeah. other girls you're different i feel like i can feed you human meat and you won't judge me <laughs> he was he did fall head over heels for her lines though oh yeah, yeah. she was killing it good for her mm-hmm. um i just feel like i'm built different and he's just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ryan, was, Ryan and I were talking about how just like through the entire like final scene where they're having dinner and she's like barely holding it together. He's like rock hard through that whole scene. <laughs> he's yeah. Just, yeah. He, he's yeah. just so like he she didn't even have to go that hard because he's already like gone. Um, yeah. So I thought it was um, interesting at the end of the dinner scene kind of the tension of her trying to play him but then at the same time he's trying to corrupt her he's trying to corrupt her but more so he's almost trying to threaten her in a way i feel Mm -hmm. um because he takes um what's her name maggie i forgot molly molly Molly. he he cuts off Molly's boobs and cooks it and serves it to her. And mm-hmm. it is at the dinner after he serves it and she starts eating, he's like, maybe it'll taste familiar. And he's like making yeah. a joke about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like tensed up waiting for the moment where he's like, oh, that's your friend. Uh, she came looking for you yeah. and I stopped her. But then Noah totally diverts the scene by laughing at it as if it's a joke and then continues joking and moves the topic like away from that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I thought the tension in that scene between those two like objectives was so cool. It was Um, so well done. Yeah. It was really well done. I liked it a lot. Cause it does seem like he does kind of, uh, there's, there's two things going on with Steve in that scene. On one hand, we see that he's definitely decided to cheat on his wife. If he can get away with it that night, that is his plan. Um, and mm-hmm. then we also see that he doesn't necessarily fully believe that Noah is in this for him. He, he, he is trying to push her to see if he can 
find that line and get her to cross it so that he can call her out for not being genuine because he lied to her and that was really horrible of him but he doesn't see it that way but now that he thinks that she might be lying to him he's like well isn't that rude i better make sure that she's not and i'm going to literally press her and pressure her as hard as i can which i think is why it's great that like those dance scenes mirror each other one where he's been lying to her and one where she's been lying to him um you know yeah the dance they do is very mesmerizing. It is. I saw I saw people complaining about it, and I was like, "You guys just need to get over yourselves." Yeah. So now that you mentioned his wife again, I'd yeah. like to talk about the her being like this woefully underutilized character. Yes. Because there is a there's a version of this movie where we get to explore her a little more and I don't want it because the movie would then be too long. And I loved this movie. I thought it was a great length. I don't want more of this movie, Mm -hmm. but I do think that there is a lot more that we could gain from like, she has one leg. It is very clear that she was one of his victims at one point. Yeah. And it is as such very clear that she is terrified that he's about to do the same thing to someone else that he did to her. Not because she's afraid for anyone because she clearly helps him do all kinds of stuff, but because she doesn't want to be replaced Mm -hmm. and put right back on the chopping block. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 100%. And that's like, Ryan and I were talking about that one too, where it's Mm -hmm. like the point of internalized misogyny is that you don't, see that you are a victim of the same person that you're protecting you don't even even after he's dead she doesn't like she pretends to get it she's like oh we're free we're free but she is thinking about how she can continue to put these other women under her to raise herself up and it's Mm -hmm. like you don't have to do that there is a network there that you guys can all connect with you don't have to be against each other you can rely on each other but she hasn't, whether she didn't have that when she was initially attacked by Steve and she's like jealous of it or she's just really like that Stockholm syndromed into it or whatever it happens to be, she doesn't see it that way. And therefore, she doesn't allow herself to like, she is afraid of being replaced. Even after he's dead, she's afraid of like losing what she has got going for her. It's just really interesting. And I do wish that like, well, I think well, I don't know how they could have. I would have liked to see her explored more and better, even mm-hmm. even though I didn't really like how she was used at the end there. Yeah, I am on the, I think she was given the screen time she needed. Mm-hmm. Um I liked it, that you kind of get hints towards what happened to her and you can put things together. Uh, like the little note in the magazine from somebody else saying, like, if you're reading this, it means he likes you, like, use that. Um, and getting the sense that she probably read that, too, and she kind of played into his bullshit and survived because of it. Uh, and now she's kind of, like, in this situation where she feels, it's like very much Stockholm Syndrome, where she's bought into it so much. And now she's a part of it. And seeing that Stockholm syndrome takes you beyond just like caring about the person, but it actively makes you like a participant in it and carrying Mm -hmm. that to the end where even though he was dead, she was still part of this movement and part of this community. And so she kept it going. Um, 
I like that the movie didn't try to oversell you on the idea. It showed you just enough for you to get it. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. And just kind of took it because I don't think we necessarily needed another like major player in the movie. No, yeah, um, no. It also I gave us the bomb really ass line of Noah going, "Who are you?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was, was just great. like, yeah, mood. Honestly, Noah, you're right. Mood. <laughs> Noah yeah. has no clue. I love that also because sometimes, like in movies, like a whole B plot will be going on, and they try to weave it together in a way yeah. that's like emotionally. And that's why Molly gets to be the one to take the wife out, is because Molly was the one who was victimized by the wife. Noah's mm -hmm. like, "What the fuck is going on? Where did you come from?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's because great. Noah knew everyone who was in the basement. Yeah. So slightly related to that, I really like how. When Noah and Penny finally see each other, Penny doesn't realize it's Noah for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she I wouldn't. Like, I, 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 I feel like in a worse movie, she would have recognized her somehow. Yeah. And I'm really glad that didn't happen in this. I thought that was just a, no. a nice touch. Yeah. I loved how Penny had her little moment about, like, I wonder if I've just made you up. and then I think to myself, if I hadn't imagined someone, I don't think I would have named her Noah. <laughs> yeah, um, that was really good. And that's sweet, too, because, like, I I love that Penny's just like, I needed you so much in this case, in this scenario that I didn't even want to let myself believe that you were real for a minute there. I really do yeah. love Penny and Noah's relationship. Yeah, they they would I'm... not have made it through that movie without each other. And I do love that. Yeah, yeah. I'm very thankful as well that none of them died at the end. Yes, thank God. Yeah. yeah. That was nice. Yeah. That's another was... way that you know that this was written by <laughs> written and directed by yeah. a woman. Yeah. There were a couple moments where I was like, I could see them killing somebody and I yeah. don't like it and I don't want that to happen. Especially uh, but Penny. Then it didn't. It would have mm -hmm. made sense for them to kill off Penny. Yeah. As like a off screen, oh, and now she's alone. How will she make yeah. it? This is what inspires people, type of thing. Shows you how but serious actually... the situation is. Yeah, mm -hmm. but it's way yeah. cooler to have everyone get out. Yeah, yeah. versus like very not to go back to P two, but the way that like the way that the women in this movie take revenge, they have to. They have to be doing that to get out. It is very clear that yeah. they are outmatched by this one guy because they're all tired and they're recovering from giant fucking wounds. Um, and you know he does have his dick bit off to give them a little credit but like they need to do the things they have to do and like up until the very end versus in p2 how the idea of empowerment yeah. was to have her set an unarmed man on fire when the police are already on their way um so i again i just i love this movie yeah um fuck i had two thoughts but then i forgot one of them so I'll move on and talk about the second one. Okay. Um, I love the theme of misplaced trust in this movie. Uh, and that, like, that was one of, like, our triggers for her and that the whole first third of the movie is her placing her trust in this guy and we see some of the red flags and stuff, um, but then she doesn't see it until it's way past too late. Um, and it's this whole him abusing her trust to get what he wants. Um, 
and then mirrored later on in the movie as they're getting down to sexy time. Um, she goes to give him a blowjob and he kind of protests at first, but then she like pushes him back down on the bed and he trusts her because getting a blowjob is a little bit of an exercise of trust because humans have teeth. Yeah. And, <laughs> and she gets him where she wants him like he did to her. And then in the same way, like abuses that trust to hurt him. And I thought that was beautiful. I like the fact that she does it by biting specifically as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very important. They do a lot of really good parallels and Noah's got a lot. I'm looking at Noah's notes in preparation for reading them. And Noah makes a lot of notes about shots with mirrors in them in the first third of the movie. And now you're talking about like this mirror of them using like trust and misplaced trust. I think that they are obviously supposed to be, mirroring each other and i think that's really great i think it's interesting how noah has been through all of these men who are all shitty to her and then she thinks that steve is different and the one and then simultaneously steve has trapped all these women and he hasn't felt anything towards them until noah and he thinks that she's different and i i love that as well there's just the writing Mm -hmm. in this movie it's exactly what it needs to be for for this to be a believable and like emotionally sufficient movie. Yeah. I thought of my my other thing actually. Oh, so good. um this is a P2 comparison cuz okay. if we recall in P2 I joked that like oh she's getting arrested and going to jail because mm-hmm. um he was incapacitated, he could not get out and she went back and killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the movie, they incapacitated him like a couple of times and then started to try to get away. And then there was a time where he was fully knocked out and I thought he was potentially dead. Yeah. Um, cause the back of his head had hit like a counter after Molly, like kicked the shit out of him. As she should. Um, yeah. As she should have. Yeah. I thought he was and done. They too. started they started running in the backyard and then you hear him calling after them like a bit later. And it was funny to me in P2. I was like, ah, she's fucked because she killed him. But in this movie, I was like, you guys should have taken the time to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Same. But it does show that like, you know, they weren't in it with the, the intent of revenge or whatever. They very much just wanted safety Mm-hmm. Which I yeah. think is more realistic than what they do in P2, where they're like, oh, she wants revenge. He called her a C word, and that that makes her angry, and she wants yeah. revenge, because catcalling is rude. But in this one, it's like, he's done everything to these women, and they're like, they don't want revenge, they just want to be safe. Yeah, I think that's much more realistic as well. Anything anything else from anyone? Because I, I, there are some Noah's Notes ones that I can expand on that I'm seeing here but I don't want to jump over them. Um, is it the one about the dog named Ringo? No, the dog named Ringo was very good. That, but yeah. that's, that's one of my favorite things is the Tinder conversation where she tries to open up with something that she noticed in the picture about his dog. She's like, cute dog, what's the name? And he's like, Ringo, what are you wearing right now? <laughs> <laughs> and then he immediately sends a dick pic when she doesn't respond. Um for the record, if any of our listeners um, is on Tinder um, of any gender, uh, 
this is this should be such a no-brainer, but please try and talk to someone about the pictures that they've put on their profile for you to see um in a way that is intelligent and meaningful because the way that like I formed my one lasting friendship from Tinder was that he asked me about the art of myself, asked if I had done it, and asked where to see more. And that's how we ended up talking on Instagram, not this app sucks, we should move to Instagram. It was your art's really good. I would love to see more of it. Um mm-hmm. and we're still friends to this day. So like please try and like treat the other person like a freaking human being that please and thank you. Can you um, imagine that? And if you already do that, this is not about you. You're awesome. Yeah, keep it up. Online dating is so- sucks and it's hard. <laughs> Nina made fun of me, so. That's, yeah, I did. I mocked him directly, but I used something that he had given me that was very personal, which was his shitty beer opinions. <laughs> also, that initial conversation was on Discord, not Tinder, so it was a whole different ballgame. Legally different. <laughs> Legally distinct. <laughs> um, speaking of my relationship with Noah, uh, let's get into these notes. Um, we're starting out strong with, I hope there's some dot, 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 fresh concepts in this one. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh Noah. Uh, I'm very funny. Uh-huh. You, see, you slay me. You see, for That's any of our listeners who you. may not have caught that, the joke there is that fresh is the title of the movie. <laughs> I'm sure it sailed right over your head. In the economy. <laughs> Noah's humor um, is just so sophisticated. It's so sophisticated. Um, Noah says... <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. meme and the Peter Griffin meme rolled into one right there. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, Noah says, damn, that's a bleak Tinder feed. It, yeah, that's a not as bleak as what your sister showed us when she started yeah, to try. Yeah, oh, actually. Hers was it's even worse. Hers was even worse than the movie about how bad Tinder is. Um, so that ought to tell you something. Uh, we have more hot sauce shit, so we're going to skip right over the hot sauce <laughs> rant again. I literally, there's a part of me that doesn't want to ever have hot sauce again right? because of this guy. I, yeah, um, I yeah. don't think I'm ever going to buy Frank's. Certainly no. not. God, it's not good. I like it. We have, we have, holy shit, he's policing how she dresses on the first date. That leads me back to my, like, <laughs> fucking, um, my fucking metal thing, where it's, like, the things that some guys think that they can say to you when you have just met them is mind-boggling to me. Like, I'm not, I have people I've known, like, I'm never going to police how someone dresses. But I'm also not going to make fun of them for their music taste or what movies they will and will not watch or any of that. But, like, I've had all of those things happen on dates where guys will be like, wow, you kind of uh, suck because you won't do this thing that I like. And it's like, well, did you know we're different people that have different tastes? (laughs) Kind of crazy, but I am a human being with my own opinions. Uh, Source. Um, (laughs) Sources that I made it the fuck up. (laughs) Um, So Noah's, Noah's trifecta here is, holy shit, he's policing how she dresses and she stole her leftovers. And in all caps, and he's racist. <laughs> um, yeah. He is also racist. I, we didn't mention this in the in the episode itself, but he is directly racist to the owners and like waiters of this uh, Chinese restaurant that they're at. Um, he's very much a dick. Um, we have the the dog named Ringo. Noah says dog named Ringo. Good dong bad. 
which is yeah. that sums up that scene. Uh, dong well. is meant to be read like Captain Holt yelling bone. <laughs> <laughs> dong. <laughs> He um Noah says uh I love seeing Sebastian stand in a non-Marvel movie. I agree with that fully. Um I like Bucky Barnes as a character, but um I, I just wish he would have worn the eyeliner in this. Yeah. Yeah, Robert Pattinson should wear the Batman eyeliner in all of his movies as oh, well. I agree we should see more <laughs> <laughs> more guy liner. More guy liner in movies. This is a threat. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Noah says, I love this snarky ass bartender coming over with all the cherries. I just love it. She's like, as many cherries as you can give me. And he just comes over and he's like, I hope this is enough. This is all of my cherries. And walks away. I love. And they eat them. And they mm -hmm. do eat them. I, love I hope that they Paul... tipped him. Paul is the kind of character that like when he was first introduced, I was like, I love this guy. I wish there would be more of him in this movie, but he seems like a bit part. And then later on, Noah's like, hey, you remember that guy you dated that one time? Uh, the hot bartender? And Molly's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, we get more of this guy. <laughs> Can you imagine the shit that they're going to give that guy once they get back? And Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That's going to be really funny. Like, Molly's going to be like, what the actual fuck? Like, I gave you all of my information in case something bad happened and you did not come. Yeah, that's <laughs> it for their relationship. Paul does yeah. not have a chance with her uh, from here on out. No. Um, Noah says... Um, Noah says a lot of stuff about mirrors that I already brought up, which I is love very cool. All the mirror, the mirror shots in the bar where it looks like they're not looking at each other, but they both get to be in the shot. It was like some split diopter shit, and that was fantastic. Yeah, except it was just a mirror. It was very, very, very well done. There's a lot of shots with mirrors in this movie that are like tight as hell. Yeah, yeah. and like symbolic. the shot where I don't remember if Noah's in like the bathroom or something, or if she's brushing her teeth, but like. You get this little mirror shot. It's a little round mirror on the wall that takes her entire apartment in yeah. behind her. Like everything right. she owns is in that tiny little mirror and she's just there. And you get a really good like image of, oh, her life is pretty contained and there's not a lot going on here. Yeah. She's really kind of in a in a dead end situation at the moment. And. I it, you love know it that. it sets up really nicely for why she's like I decided to step out of my box and do some stuff and unfortunately she happened to just walk in exactly the wrong direction could happen to anyone and yeah. I liked in that scene specifically how if you do know it's a horror movie and you do know that Steve's the villain in that shot you might be kind of because like we watched the Invisible Man and there are a lot of shots where you get wide shots of the entire room and you're supposed to be watching to see if the Invisible Man is in the room as well um so with that language of of horror films in mind when I saw the mirror that had her entire room I was looking to see if Steve was still there but yeah he's very clearly not which um, that's what I was looking for again as well. into why he seems so trustworthy is because he doesn't do any of the things you would expect a guy in a horror movie to do. Yeah. Um, Noah likes Molly's use of the word dickmatized. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Which is a very good line. Um, 
Noah has also noted how some of the shots earlier in the movie when it's got the rom-com tone can also clue you into the fact that this is a horror movie. Like there's no mm. moon or anything like safe and comforting in the sky when they pan up over the house. It's just like a dark. Yeah, it's dark woods. It's it's a horror movie setting, mm. not a rom-com setting. It would yeah. have been the moon or you would have been able to see the stars too clearly or you would have seen the sunset. But instead, they just show up to his dark ass mountain house. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Um, yes, we mentioned this as well. I, Noah and I talked about this as well. He says, what a great way to get her to drink the drugs. Tell her there's a sneaky little flavor in there. She has to yeah. take several sips of the drink before she, but like, because she's not even thinking like, oh, is this, yeah. does this taste weird? She's not just going to take a sip and be like, I don't really like this. I'm not going to have any more and not get drugged enough. He says, guess the flavor. Yeah. And that's it. Which leads into my favorite scene of the whole movie which is when we show her with the camera being drugged so yeah. Yeah. the vision of him is blurry yeah. but that's not the cool part the cool part is when looking at her the camera is too close and it's slight mm. fisheye going on so it's like it's disorienting. we are hyper focusing yeah. on her when we're looking at her and we can't really make anything out when we're looking at him yeah and i loved I that. Love that it was such can, a neat little thing and like the I way they faded in gradually mm-hmm. yeah and every it just time kept it getting cut worse back to him it was a little worse and every time yeah. it cut back to her it was a little closer and it's just yeah. like oh this is it's so uncomfortable and you knew what was coming mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. it was so the way he handled that entire like situation was so i mean it's evil and fucked up yeah. but oh yeah it's so smart and that he was talking to her as normal and as if nothing was going wrong the mm-hmm. entire time until up until she passed out. Um, and the whole like, oh, see if you can tell what flavors it is. And I imagine it didn't matter what she guessed. He was going to say no yeah. just to mm-hmm. get her to keep like taking sips, trying to guess what flavor it was. Yeah. And then as she's starting to realize what's going on, he's like, what are you doing sitting all the way over there? Why don't you come sit with me to get her to stand up to get it to go through her system faster mm-hmm. so she would pass out? It was like so it's good. so fucking smart, so um, messed up, but like again, so fucked up, so... but so smart and yeah. so like from an audience perspective, it was really interesting to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, we move into more fun stuff that I love about this movie because, again, P2, it's almost boring compared to Fresh with the plot that they went through to, to put to put the girl in danger. Noah's notes say, uh, assless Noah's just worried she's stuck as a sex slave, but it's actually way worse than that. Yeah. Um, and, like, that's the thing is P2's just like, oh, it's a creep who thinks he's in love with her and wants to, like, molest her and stuff. But in this movie, it's way, again, it's way more complicated. It gets it better themes while not being that boring, simple interpretation of living as a woman in the world, you know? Um, So it simultaneously is not as uncomfortable to watch um, from that perspective while still touching those same themes, which I love. Um, Noah says, boring ass waterfall pic Steve just sent to Molly, bet it's stock. And then (laughs) literally the next scene, she looks it up and he's like, fucking hell, Steve, not even three pages into the search. It's a tremendous rookie move. It is. He he really does fuck uh, fuck that shit up. Um, 
Noah says, I bet he makes bank per person. Like, there's no way he's selling that meat for a reasonable price. It's got to be a thousand plus a pound, right? Probably more even. You do get the answer in the movie. He feeds her a meatball. And as she's one eating meatball. it. Mm-hmm. One meatball. One meatball. One meatball over some, like, fettuccine. And um, as she's eating it, he goes, this is a $30,000 meal. So, yeah, he's selling this meat for upwards of 50000 a pound. Well, what you're not, not realizing, actually, is that this movie takes place in an alternate universe where fettuccine is just incredibly expensive. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get it anywhere. <laughs> Somebody, please, my fettuccine coin is tanking. That's why he had to resort to cannibalism to pay the bills. It's exactly like Texas Chainsaw. Oh my god! His family used to work at the fettuccine or at the spaghetti factory until fettuccine came in and bulldozed him. Oh my god. Um. Anyway, uh, Noah's notes are. Uh, he says. Steve really just did the without me in response to her shower question, which is very <laughs> funny. That he, she's like, "Can I take a shower?" And he's like, "Oh, alone." And then he's like, "Sorry, that was really bad." <laughs> the amount of back in his grocery store like flirt mode again, out of nowhere. Right, it's the continuation. He's the same guy. Just, yeah, he's just mm-hmm. the same dude. Um, he he says like really stupid shit, and then he backs it up, which is like I love that. It is like I do find that genuinely charming in a fucking yeah. character. So, well, but also like um, how how hilariously two faced is it for him to apologize for a for joke, being a gross creep, when, when intending literally... <laughs> to eat her body? Yeah, like no, it's insane. <laughs> um, Noah said. He really just caught her and knocked her into a wall like he's a fucking itch.io horror villain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. He the, This is really funny because when this scene happened, um, I heard him typing furiously um, <laughs> because this is a scene where when it happened, this is the one that I texted Ryan Edge and I was like, you fucking sims because Sebastian Stan slams her into the wall, looks her in the eyes and says, bad girl. Bad girl. And then she, and then she knocked. So Noah just typed out because I sent to Ryan Edge. I was like, what the hell, guys? You are the worst. And Noah just has typed here, what? <laughs> I'm glad you remembered what that was from because I God. did not remember. No, because I heard you typing right after that scene happened and I texted Ryan. And I was like, Sebastian Stan said bad girl on screen. And I just hear furious typing noises from <laughs> Noah. Um, <laughs> um, Molly out here really laying into Paul for his not my problem way of out, um, way out of helping, which is like my I love that she really plays in him for that because he tries everything he possibly can to make an excuse for why he shouldn't be worried down to again that Occam's razor thing we talked about where he's like well isn't anyone looking for her and Molly's like no no one's looking for her and he's like well aren't you gonna go to the police and she's like yeah right because they're gonna help and he's like well she's a white woman isn't she and Molly's like dude she's like yeah. I get it I get the point you're trying to make this is my friend um we're not having that conversation right now this is not the time to get into that um we got a bunch of comments we've already been over already. Um, Noah loves it when subtitles tell you that a character is urinating. He thinks it's very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I there's nothing funny. The reason I remember choosing to watch Orange is the New Black at first was because the <laughs> subtitle Urinates Forcefully was a meme that went around from it. I'm like, that's the funniest shit. Is that I've ever where seen. that's from? <laughs> that's where that's from. Uh-huh. And that's so funny. Noah had a note earlier on that was a really bad Sean Connery Bond joke, and then later on in the movie they mentioned Sean Connery, and Noah was really oh my god for that. Is it is the note? Um, I drugged you, Mister Bond. No, 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 fuck! It would have been so great. No, it's like that's what that scene felt like to me, (laughs) and it's what the whole basement area looks like. Like it it looks like a fucking Blofeld layer from a a Sean Connery Bond (laughs) movie. Mine was when she says, oh, I'm stuffed. And I just typed Sean Connery voice. I'm not quite stuffed yet. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, did I tell you I started listening to Kill James Bond this week? Oh, we should talk about that after we record. Yeah. (laughs) It is such a good podcast. Oh, my God. Um, We've got a couple comments about, like, you know, this movie making you kind of curious about how, like, different body parts would taste and, like, oh, the, like, this, this, like, um, the meat is really red in the meatball or, mm-hmm. like, he says, Lamau, human prosciutto with a little tattoo. So, that was great. Um, Fun fact on the tattoo my... thing there, uh, most actual cannibals tend to avoid eating people with tattoos. They say they don't taste as good. Yep. I'm getting more tattoos. Get tattoos. Um, Be safe, people. (laughs) Be safe. This is my favorite pair of notes. We have um, when Steve delivers the dress, Noah says, I can't wait to see this dress, followed immediately by, damn, that's an ugly dress. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Noah says, uh, community voice, I can forgive the cannibalism, but I can't believe Steve would cheat on his wife like that. Um, Noah also says, I don't mean to be staring, but it looks like she has some ass left. (laughs) Um, we have Noah turning to me during the final scene and being like, is she going to bite his dick off? And I just said, remember the Cheetos scene? And he's like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Iconic. Noah says, Paul, I'm going to level with you. This is the shittiest reggae I've ever heard. (laughs) It was so bad. Um... But yeah, other than that, uh, Noah sounding so betrayed that Steve was married the whole time is incredibly funny, it, is the last note I'll read. It's such a good ending. It's just the, he was married, it's like, dude. Dude, he literally <laughs> ate your ass. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, that's Noah's notes. Uh That's basically it for Fresh as well. I would highly recommend watching this movie. I don't yeah. think there's much... Uh, I could. I feel like you could like dissect this movie till like the like the world ends. But all in all, it's an enjoyable movie to watch. If you like Sebastian Stan, uh, if you like, I don't know, Ex Machina, I would I would yeah totally recommend this movie to you. Um, but yeah, if you like Get Out as well, I would say definitely you would like this as well. That's yeah. those are like the two big ones that I would say. Um. But next week, or next time, rather, <laughs> uh, we will be watching a different movie. Who's next? Is it Emma? It is. It is me. Emma. Um, initially, noises. before our break, I was doing a series trying to find movies that legitimately scared me. And going along with that series, I was going to choose a movie that I have dreaded my entire life. Um, and it was going to be The Exorcist. Ooh. However... 
uh, I am pivoting. Uh, and I'm oh, no. starting a new series called Movies with Dicks in Them to go along Ooh. with uh, Fresh. And so the movie we're going to watch next time is 2022's X. Oh, I knew it was going to be X. Oh, I'm so was, excited I, to watch X. I really want to watch that one. So I'm glad that I, I have an excuse to now. Yes. Um, I enjoyed it. Piper also very much enjoyed it. It's a really fun movie. Cool. Triggers are nudity, um, maybe mental health slightly, and creepy old people, and gore. Okay, <laughs> I do be hating creepy old people. And gore. Yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, it is a movie about people making a porno, but oh. there's no um, sexual assault or anything. Oh, so. nice. nice. Cool. Good to know. Bonus points. I'm looking forward to it. And there is... One hell of a dick in there. <laughs> All right. I'm so so stoked. <laughs> <laughs> we will know true equality has been reached when there's as many dicks as boobs in movies. We're Absolutely. gonna do our part to get it. There. Wait, hold on. Is that two yeah. dicks per pair of boobs? Because that doesn't seem fair. No, it's one. Jeff, it's, like... I'm not the one that makes the math, okay? Damn. We gotta make right. up for years yeah. here. <laughs> Depending on the size of the dick. Uh, it can count for multiples. There is a sliding scale. I think there is, yeah. That would also depend on the size of the boobs, would it not? Damn, you're cracking this thing wide open. (laughs) I think there's there's an oversaturation of boobs, so it doesn't count so much. Okay, but, fair oh, that's but, fair. Dicks, yeah. but dicks, yeah, dicks can but kind dicks, of have a compounding. The three boob lady and... in Total Recall, unfortunately, is skewing the count. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> three boobs, George, or whatever the meme is. <laughs> we are going yeah. to get to the bottom of these numbers, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. But look forward to that. Um, and Nina, where can we find you? Yeah, you can find me at House Usher Rises on Twitter, where I talk about horror stuff. Um, I will be shilling the hell out of this podcast episode because I think it's really fun and I really love this movie. But I will also be retweeting horror art as I do. You can also find me at Nina Wolverino, where I post a lot more. I um, am writing a series of books and I won't ever stop talking about that. So if you want to know more about that, that's where you can find me, Nina Wolverina, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Perfect. Noah. Noah, you can find me as Bubba the Bad, B-U-B-B-A-D-A-B-A-D on Twitch, Twitter, and Insta. I am posting spicy religion takes today, but I'll probably go back to just liking Elden Ring content very soon. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Jeff, you can find me on Twitter at Bubba Wubbadab, which is spelled exactly the way that it sounds. Cool. Um, <laughs> that just that gives me the vibes of remember in like kindergarten or first grade where you'd have a homework assignment where the teacher's like, imagine I'm an alien and tell me how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. God and then damn. they fuck it up I wish as I had much as they school. can. And Oh yeah, you guys were homeschooled. Yeah, I can't relate to this story at all. You lost so, me at being so that's in kindergarten. A You'll laugh, be like, <laughs> they'll be like, oh, first you gotta put, you gotta scoop out the peanut butter, and then the teacher will like stab the knife into the peanut butter's lid. She's like, I don't know what I'm doing. What mm-hmm. am I doing? And 
Yeah, the point is the that. teacher will always mess it up because you're never specific enough. But right. you just being like, it spells exactly as it sounds makes me think of a kid that just wrote, make a peanut butter and jelly fucking sandwich <laughs> on the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. But hi, I'm Emma, also known as Emma Panada. You can find me on Twitch and Twitter at Emma Panada. On Twitch, I have a couple D&D campaigns going. On Twitter, I largely shitpost and troll my friends. Uh, I'm also writing a TTRPG called All the Witches. Uh, if you want updates on how that's going, um, you can follow twitter.com slash allthewitches underscore, and you'll get updates and cool things like that. Um, and yeah, thank you all so much for joining us this, this podcast season. Uh, look forward to watching X, and we will catch you next time. Not Goodbye. Not, wait, 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 wait. Did we no mention way. the podcast Twitter? Uh, oh, there's a podcast Twitter at Casual Horror Pod that I run, and yeah. you can follow that. That's where you can get Goodbye. 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 <laughs>